Some of you will be glad about this week, though the series we're going to start today. Uh, some of you may not, uh, because every intention today was to uh, start a series on finances. <laughs> but I'm not going to. And everybody said, but I'll tell you, finances is important to the kingdom of God. Don't think for a moment they're not. We'll get into it sometime uh, in the coming year. But uh, the Holy Spirit started dealing with me uh, over the last week or so about things that we uh, don't often think about when it comes to uh, our lives and our, our lives with Christ. And folks, we can declare that we're faith people, uh, all that we want, but until our whole person becomes submitted to God, I'm talking about our whole person, every part of us becomes submitted to God um, and gets on the same page, we're always going to struggle with the area of faith. Uh, so I, I want to start a series today called, called Faith Connections. And in this, we are going to look at how, uh, you got that slide up there, Bob? There we go. There we go. We're going to look at how our mind, our person, and our mouth affects our life. Whether you realize it or not, your mouth will affect your life. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how our thinking has to change. We're going to talk about how our speaking has to change. We're going to talk about how our feelings have to change. Uh, so just bear down, bear with me. Let's get ready to, to, to learn some things. Go to Romans chapter 12. Until the Holy Spirit moves on us, we're, we're going to struggle, folks. So the whole, the whole por purpose, not the porpoise, that's a dolphin. The whole purpose of the series is to focus on our thoughts and our words and the impact it has on our faith. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1, out of the Amplified Classic uh, version, it says this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties. You know what he's saying here? Now, we know King James Verse says, you know, present your whole body as a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. But I like the Amplified. He's going to give you a little bit more definition there. He says, presenting all your members and all your faculties. God wants all of us. He don't want just part of us. He don't want this little bit, okay, but I'm going to keep this bit of my mouth to myself. Because, you know, I've got one and I like to use it. <laughs> Just keep looking straight ahead. <laughs> or I'm going to keep this bit of thought to myself because nobody really knows what I'm thinking. But I like what he says here. He says, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy and devoted, consecrated and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and your spiritual worship. 
So when we bring our whole selves to God, our, our mind, our, 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 our bodies, our actions, our voice, we're bringing everything to God because it is the intelligent sacrifice. It is the rational sacrifice. And not only is it a sacrifice, it a, it's a spiritual worship. Let's look at verse two. Do not be conformed to this world or the age, fashioned after and adopted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. If you're looking at King James, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I like this for the definition of it. It says, but let bring your, the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideas, by its new ideas and its new attitude. Some of us need an attitude correction. Just keep looking straight ahead. <laughs> so that you may prove for yourselves what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight <laughs> for you. Today, what I'm going to start with, and probably this week and next week, just so you know where we're going, is our thought life. What God wants to do in our thought life. AA used to have a term. Anybody here familiar with AA? We won't ask you how you're familiar with AA and NA. We don't care. That's none of our business. You do you, get well. Come on. Come on, people. What is a term that they have for your thought life? Anybody know? When the thought life is off, what do they say? They call it stinking thinking. And that's where we're at a lot of time, Doc. We're, we're, our thinking's off. Our thinking absolutely stinks. Let me tell you, as your thinking goes, your belief system will go. And as your belief system goes, your mouth will go. And hear me, as we get closer, as your mouth goes, so goes the rest of your life. As your mouth goes, so goes the rest of your life. <laughs> and so today what we're going to look at is called transitional thinking. This is just the introduction to all this mess. But first I have to, uh, Renee grabbed me, I'm going to tell on Renee. She grabbed me in between in the break right there. And she says, I need a little bit more teaching on this. I'm glad you asked, Renee. And I said nothing to you, did I? I just smiled. So we need to understand ourselves a little better. And in understanding myself, I'll get to know some things about myself. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I'm going to read this one out of the Passion Translation, I believe. Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body, be kept completely flawless <laughs> in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. So the first thing you need to understand yourself, you are not just what you see. You are a spirit being that possesses a soul and lives in a body. All right, and that, that's what we are all made up of. We are all made up of spirit, 
soul, and body. Here's the problem. The body, it's going to do what it wants to do. It has desires. It has ideas. It's the part that follows through with sin. Everybody think action is sin. Action is not the sin. Action is what where the sin is, is the result of where the sin started. <laughs> what God wants to do is He wants to bring your spirit and your soul into communion. And when your spirit and soul are operating in harmony, it, then they will control your body. If not, then the body will gang up with a soul that's just not fixed right. Because the part of you that lives forever is your spirit. If you can hear me crunching. I'm trying to swallow this cough drop before I choke to death on it. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotion. Let's look at the spirit. The spirit is the part of you that communes with God. Your spirit never sleeps. Your spirit is always awake. This is why God can speak to you in dreams because he's speaking to your spirit. This is why you wake up and you think I heard God. Why? Because he's talking to your spirit. Your spirit is always in communion with God. The second thing you need to know, every human being on this planet is a spiritual being. The spirit is not something you get. Everyone got it. It came from God. Mm. Everyone has a spirit. God's desire is for your spirit to control your soul. So what is my soul then? See, I know we, we like to read Genesis where he says, and God created Adam and he made him out of the dust of the ground and he breathed in him and he became a living soul. It's really not a good translation. The Targum Anoculus, which is one of the first uh, translations of, the, of uh, the Jewish Torah of Genesis, says, and God breathed into man's nostrils and it became to him a speaking spirit. So when God breathed into man, he actually breathed his spirit. He breathed his spirit into man. But man also has a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The soul is what must be transformed. Go back to Romans 12 there. We looked at that. He said, by the renewing of your mind. See, this is what has to be renewed. When you said yes to Jesus, we have that new birth experience. That spirit becomes that follower of Christ. The soul, how many of you can honestly sit here and tell me, and I know this just got a famous preacher in trouble, uh, can honestly sit here and tell me that your mind is on Christ all the time, that you feel, you feel like Jesus every day. I feel a Christian every day. I feel saved every day. And I don't. If I did, if, if, you, if you could say you got it every day, man, you're in better shape than me. Because there are days that I just don't feel it. There are days that I just don't get it. But see why? Because that's where my mind comes in. My mind is starting to play these tricks on me. So my mind can absolutely, it's not transformed yet. It is a process of transforming my mind. We get this and we call it sanctification. Because we know Jesus was our sanctification. Jesus sanctified our spirit completely. Completely. 
So I don't need that part of sanctification. So sanctification, where it comes in, is getting this thing to agree with this thing. And that may take me a while. So am I sanctified? Absolutely, 100%. Are you? Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) The awakening of the new birth in you brought that. But now my mind, my will, my... Let me tell you, your will is powerful. You can absolutely override the call of God on your life by your own will. Because he loves you too much just to grab you by the nap of the neck and make you do it. That's, that's, you know, that's not love. So my soul is my mind, my will, my emotions. It's the part, actually the word says that my soul actually wars against my spirit. There's a struggle that always goes on where I want to choke somebody out, but I need to walk in the love of Christ. I want to punch you, but yet I know I'm not supposed to. And so there's this always battle that says, sin, don't sin. I know that's not a popular word either. Here, let's use what the word sin actually means. You ready? Miss the mark. Or don't miss the mark. So there's this always this battle. And so what happens is God wants your spirit to be so strong that it actually begins to control you. Now, let me tell you, you're going to have a lot to do with this, and we're going to see it over the next couple weeks. And so your soul is your mind, your will, your emotion. It's at war with your spirit. And the soul is what must be transformed by the word of God and the spirit of God. Your spirit doesn't need to be transformed, already transformed. But your soul, your thought process, as AA and NA would call it, your stinking thinking. Because our thoughts are wrong. Now, then we have a body. This is the outer man. This is the shell we live in. This is the part that's completely unregenerated. And, and hold on, and we'll make you mad, you ready? And always will be. Why do you think it says when he appears, we'll receive a new body? Because yeah. <laughs> this one can't stand the way the other. So there's a new body. So our body is just the outward part of us. It is the carrier of our soul. It is the carrier of our spirit. And, and this is what we are urged to give to God first. Something that's always, go to Romans chapter eight. This is transitional thinking. It's okay if I teach you a little bit, right? All right. Uh, Romans eight, verse five. For those who live according to the flesh set their What? Minds on things of the flesh. So if your flesh ruled, flesh controlled, you're going to get your mind over on the flesh. But we shouldn't be flesh ruled. We shouldn't be flesh controlled. He says, but those who, uh, who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, to be carnally minded, that means controlled by the flesh, flesh minded, to be carnally minded is death. It takes you out. Now, you're ready. I didn't say it sends you to hell. 
He's talking to believers here. Got to realize who he's talking to. He's talking to the church at Rome. I, I know, I know, Denise, I know. <laughs> to be flesh-minded. You mean there are believers who are flesh-minded? <laughs> you mean there are actually believers who are flesh-controlled? <laughs> Anybody ever had somebody talk about you real good? Gossip about you real good? <laughs> Or you find yourself falling back into the same thing over and over and over again, and it's this perpetual habit that I just can't seem to break. It's called being controlled by the flesh. He said, but he who is carnally minded, flesh ruled, is death. But to be spiritually minded, spirit ruled, is life and peace. So your mind has a part to play in death or in life and peace. Verse, uh, what's the next verse? Seven, for the carnal mind, the flesh mind is hostile toward God. Left to its own devices, your soul will become hostile to God. People complain all the time. You know why? Because there's always something to complain about. You can always find something. Now, is that a happy life? Is that a good life? So why are you allowing your flesh to control your mind when your mind should be controlling your flesh? Okay. For the carnal mind, the flesh-ruled mind, is hostile toward God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor, in, nor indeed can it be. But those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Didn't say he's going to hell. He's talking to believers. He said, those of you who are walking according to the flesh, just doing what your flesh wants to do, if it feels good, do it. You've heard that one. When we, when we just walk according to what feels good, whether it's, uh, uh, when we pay no attention to whether it's godly or not, it says there that we cannot please God. Doesn't mean God doesn't love you? Come on. It doesn't mean that God's gonna, you know? What it means is you can't please him. Why? Because it, it, it works in, against your own faith, actually. See, your spirit is connected to God, always. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions has to be trained. You can train, look at me, you can train your mind, you can train your will. Hey, listen, two weeks from now, we're gonna do a couple, maybe two-part series on uh, be, being led by your feels or your wheels. You, you're supposed to be led by your will, not by what you feel. <laughs> oh, don't these sound like fun? Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion must be trained and controlled by your spirit under the direction of the Holy Spirit and your body will fall in line to the others. If you can get the others on. So God wants all of us. That's why I like Thessalonians. Let your whole being, your mind, your spirit, your mind, your will, your emotions, and your body all be presented to God as a sacrifice. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. I didn't realize I was going to be so teachy on you today. 
Ephesians chapter four, verse 22, that you put off the former way of life in the old nature. You gotta put away your old nature. Who's, <laughs> whose responsibility is it? Well, God just took my old nature away. Yes, he did, James. But somehow I always find a shovel and I always dig it up and I always wrap it on me and I carry this zombie around that stinks and I'm trying to operate through this zombie nature that's already dead. And he tells me here, you put off the old nature. It's your responsibility to take your old nature and make sure that it stays as dead as Jesus made it. Every time I think of this, I think of Weekend at Bernie's. I'm not telling you to watch Weekend at Bernie's. I'm just telling you what goes through my mind. And if you don't know what it is, I, I, again, I'm not telling you what to do. But it's these guys' uncles die. They want to throw a party, so they, they pretend he's alive for a whole weekend, dragging him around. That's what we do with our old nature. It's been dead, but we want to spend some time in a place that we shouldn't be. So we dig him up. We drag him around and act like this thing's alive. And the whole time, it's bringing us death. Because when I carry a dead thing around, it only leaves death stuck to me. <clears throat> but put off the former way of life in the old nature, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of what? God wants your mind renewed. <laughs> be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new nature Whose job is it to put on the new nature? <laughs> Do you realize that God left this much for you to be in charge of? I have to consciously. But if I'm flesh ruled, Rachel, I will never take off that old nature because it makes my flesh feel good. It lets me do the things I want to do. It lets me do the things I maybe not should do why do you think Paul says, when I go to do good, evil's always present with me? Because I carry this unregenerated thing around. <laughs> and until this gets on board, this will always take control. And God says, for you to put off that old nature and for you to put on the new nature and that you put on the new nature which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Psalms, it gets, fun, it gets more fun, not Psalms. Proverbs 23, seven. A, the first part of that. Proverbs 23, seven. For as a man thinks, so is he. So as you think, that is what you are. Remember when the uh, children of Israel went to spy out the land and they came back and they said, we can't take the land, there's giants there. They said, and we were like grasshoppers in our sight and so we were in theirs. 
Now, wait a minute. They were spies. Nobody knew they were even supposed to be there. But it says we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. Their thought process was wrong. And their thought process kept them in a desert for 40 years all along trying to get to what God promised them was theirs immediately. My thought process, if I see myself as nothing more than a old sinner saved by grace, guess what I'm, guess what I'm gonna struggle with, Brenda? Sin. <laughs> I'm gonna keep putting on that new nature. If I see myself as less than Tyler, I'm always gonna feel less than. Well, I'm just over here. Nobody pays attention to me. I'm just by myself. You know, I've always been the outcast. I've always been the black sheep. I've always been, you know, not quite like everybody else. So I'll just sit over here and just be a good, quiet boy or girl and, and I'll just ride out. You're making yourself that way. Just like those uh, uh, um, spies and the children of Israel. They said, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in, the, in theirs. If you see yourself, if your mind is not renewed to who you are in the body of Christ, who God has made you to be, you're always going to struggle with areas of faith because as you think, so is you. What is it there? I think, therefore, I am. I am what? I am what I think. My thought process will determine my life. We're going to look at this over weeks my speech. So what's the deal with a problematic thought life? Because a lot of us have problematic thought lives. Well, I don't have a problematic thought life. Well, what if I looked at you and say, you know what, you deserve everything heaven has. Everything. You need healed, be healed. You need finances, go take them. You need direction, open your eyes, go get it. Well, you know, I just don't know if I, I'm, I can hear right, I don't know if I can see right, I don't know, you know, about the, see, your mind's off, your soul's off. Your soul's not attached to what your spirit already knows about you. We sing a song here sometimes by Godfrey, do you believe what I believe about you? See, that's when, you're, that's when the soul's off. If I don't believe about myself what God believes about me, my soul's off. My spirit is in good shape. Heaven's mine. I'm going there and we'll high five Jesus. We're all going to be good. But my soul will make this life an issue because of problematic thought lives. Go to Psalms 39. 139, I'm sorry. Are you, under, are you getting this? Like I say, this is going to take weeks to unfold, but I'm, I promise you it'll be worth it in the end. Psalms 139, verse 23, he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Hmm. Try me and know my... Well, here's a challenge for you this week. Just pray this prayer openly. Say, God, know my thoughts. Oh, no, I don't want God to know my thoughts. I hate to tell you. I hate to tell you. If you think you're hiding those... <laughs> you're hiding nothing but when we ask God show me my thoughts search my thoughts see how my thoughts don't line up with the word of God see how my thoughts 
don't line up with the promises of God. See if my thoughts don't line up with what you believe about me. Show me my thoughts and let me go in and let me start removing every thought that is contrary to what your word says about me. And when I can get my thought life in, in connection with my spirit, then guess what? I don't have to fall into sin. I'm telling you, this is how you overcome it. This is how you just don't do it when your thought life's straight. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me. What is the wicked way? What is the wicked way? It's his thoughts. Know my thoughts and see if there's a wicked way in me and lead me and lead me in the way everlasting. Our thoughts will lead us either in the way of everlasting or in the way of the wicked. By what you think, this is your soul we're talking about. Go to Psalms 10. Again, this is just a quick introduction today. Hopefully it'll wet your whistle a bit to say, hey, I need to get my thought life under control. Well, I don't believe my thoughts have that much. Okay. Come and talk to me in a year. Do you realize, well, we'll get into it in a minute. Psalm 10, verse four. The wicked, through pride of his countenance, will not seek God. God is not at all where? In his thoughts. So if I don't keep God in my thoughts, what does it lead to? Wickedness. You mean I have to think about God all the time? It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes I just want to play this game. Sometimes I just want to do this thing. I don't want to think about God right now because if I think about God, I'll do what? I will get guilty. I'll start feeling a little bit of condemnation. I'll start feeling a little bit of correction. But if I can keep God out of these thoughts, then I can, my body joins up with my soul and we go get to do the thing that feels good. So what does God want? He said a wicked man, a wicked uh, through the pride of his countenance will not seek God. God is not at all in his thoughts, Isaiah 55. So God is concerned about, <laughs> remember in school, they used to tell you to put your thinking cap on? <laughs> well, I think God's trying to tell us it's time to put on a new thinking cap. It's time for our thoughts. And I know some of you is probably waiting on some scriptures and you might get them next week, pastor. He's over here already figuring out how I could have preached it better. <laughs> Isaiah 55 verse seven. Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his. Whose responsibility is this, Denise? Mine. My thoughts, my wicked way. This is all my response. Well, God just take it away from me. He already buried your old nature. 
He already crucified it. He already buried it. It's done. The rest of this is on you. And again, don't think you're working for salvation here. This has nothing to do with your salvation that's already set. But he's wanting us to be better at what we are. So he says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor my way your ways nor your ways my ways says the Lord. He says, your thoughts aren't my thoughts. So what's he wanting me to take on? If I have to lay down my thoughts, James, then I have to, then I have to replace them with something, his thoughts. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Verse nine, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so, is my way, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than yours. Matthew chapter four, teaching. You get a little deeper here today. I'm telling you, if, if we will grab this, it will absolutely change your life. It'll change us. Look what he says here. In Matthew chapter four, verse 17, he says, from, from, the, from that time, Jesus began preaching, saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And on the, on, the, on the outside, on the first glance, what we see there is everybody run to the altar, kneel down, cry, feel like a worm. Come on. That's the first thing that goes through our mind. But that's not what repentance really is. Thayer's definition of repentance is to change one's mind for the better. So where does repentance start? In the mind, in your thought life. Change your mind to the way that God thinks. For his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're higher. We need to start thinking and our thought life on a higher plane. So Jesus was saying to them, change your mind for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, Strong's definition of the word repent says to think differently. And Mounce's definition of the word think, repent, sorry, it means to undergo a change in the frame of mind and feeling. So is there all these tears and snot slinging and all this stuff associated with repentance? Sometimes, sometimes I just feel so bad that I'm such a knucklehead. <laughs> and it brings about that on me. But what he's really telling them there is you need to undergo a change in the framing of your mind. Now remember, we'll go back to Romans, what he said. He said, be renewed in your mind. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What transforms us? It's the renewing of our mind. It's repentance. It's having our mindset take on the mindset of Christ. Now, what happens here, 
is when we start preaching this and we realize that it was my responsibility to take off the old nature. It's my responsibility to put on the new nature. He's already done it. Now, when we start preaching like this, you start smelling breaks because that's not what we've been taught that repentance is. It's not what we've been taught. And there's nothing wrong with altar calls. There's nothing wrong with wailing at the altar. Sometimes we need to let that out. He gave you emotions to let that out. Get it out, man, purge it. But what he's talking about here is you need to change your thought process. That our thoughts get skewed. And when our thoughts get skewed, it transforms our life. The thing that has the ability to transform your life is your thoughts. And if your thoughts line up with what God says about you, what the word of God says, what the word of God is, then you are on your, your you have put off the new old nature, put on a new nature, and you're going to walk into that place of everlasting peace and life. <laughs> so when we repent, we're talking about changing our mind to God's mind. Philippians chapter two. I've got two more scriptures for you today because I just want to pull the rug out from under our thoughts and come back next week and go into it a little bit more. Philippians chapter two, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also where? So my mind needs to be the same mind that Jesus had. Do you think Jesus ever sat back and say, God, I wonder if you love me. Well, considering he was God, we know he didn't. But he never sat back and said, I want to pray this prayer. I hope it works. But I don't really feel, I don't really feel worthy for God to do this for me. Jesus didn't do that. Matter of fact, he stood in front of Lazarus' tomb, told him to roll the door open, and the first words out of his mouth was says, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. When's the last time you looked at a problem you thought was dead? You looked at something in your life you thought was completely done, and God couldn't, there's no way this thing can be brought back. And you walked up to him and said, God, I thank you that you hear me always. Jesus knew God heard him. Why? The Son of God. God himself. <laughs> but if he had that old stinking thought, you, you don't think for a second that Jesus wasn't tempted not to believe it, right? The word says that he was tempted in every way, just like you. So if you're tempted not to have faith, he was too. And if you're tempted not to believe who God says you are, Guess what went through his mind a time or two? Oh. Now here, here's what's gonna happen. People will take that one little bit. And they'll say, see, you're, 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 this is so, so bad. He said that even Jesus wasn't sure if he was the son of God. Let me just take away your argument because I know what's, what's gonna happen. If you're tempted by it, you're tempted to think it. He was too. He was tempted in every way. That's from the word. Man, I feel in pretty good company now. I'm in company with Jesus. That says, if I can get my thought life 
in order I can transform the rest of my life. Let this mind be in you, which was also, have the same mind that Christ did. Be renewed by the transforming of your mind. What's going to transform my mind when I start thinking like Christ? I start thinking of myself the way that Christ thought of himself. This is transitional. This is what today is. It's a transition in our thinking. And this, this can get hard. And you can complain to me to Ted. Complain about me to Ted. And he'll tell you the same thing. Because it's what the word says. Last scripture. So what do I start thinking on from this point on? How, what, what should become my thought life? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter four. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable. King James says, think on these things. Whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is pure. I like how the passion puts it. On authentic and real and honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. So where do I do? I fix my thoughts on these types of things. And when my mind's fixed on these types of things, and then I fix my, my thoughts on what the word says, and I fix my thoughts. Now, are there gonna be every moment of your life you're gonna be thinking something about God? No, let's just be real. But there are gonna be times when you can't think when you're scared, when you're afraid, when they've given you bad news, when something has come up wrong and your mind wants to run like a, like a chariot with, dragged by wild horses and you have to grab a hold of the reins of the thoughts of your mind and you need to start thinking on these things. And when we think on these things, as the mind of Christ thought, then it begins to transform my life. That's repentance all over. Sometimes we just need to repent of the craziness that's been going on in our own minds and realize I've got to put on the new nature. I've got to quit, quit dragging this zombie around because it's, causing, it's making me stink. It's bringing death. And when I change my thoughts, I transform my life. When you change your thoughts, you'll transform your life. Next week, we're gonna talk about our thought life a little more because this is not all the word has to say about your thought life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you and magnify you. We praise you in the beauty of your holiness. Father, I know it's my responsibility to get control of my thoughts. So here's what I ask. Remind me. Remind me when, and, and show me when my thoughts aren't lining up. Show me when, my, when I'm letting my thoughts just run wild so that I can bring them in and begin to think of my life the way that you think of my life. And as I control my thoughts, 
it will begin to transform my life. In Jesus' name, amen.